Hello and good to have you with us.、Uh, welcome to the E episode of the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, where we explore Christmas in alphabetical order. I'm Wayne. I'm your host on this podcast with a passion for all things Christmas, spiritual and secular, old and new, local and worldwide, all year round. Every episode, we look at topics related to Christmas, starting with one letter of the alphabet. There's a new episode every two weeks, so 26 episodes will take us through one whole year. Please do subscribe if you're not already subscribed, and you'll get every episode coming straight to your phone or your device or however you're listening to us. This is episode number five of this podcast, which means we are on episode letter E. If you've missed any episodes of our podcast, then they're always there to catch up on. But do stay with us as we go straight into all sorts of things Christmassy, beginning with E. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and E is for Epiphany. I'm starting today with E for Epiphany because it's still on my calendar. If you're listening to this as it's released, and there's no reason you have to, but if you are. I kind of worked out when I planned this podcast that if I started my Christmas alphabet at the beginning of Advent, that would be A for Advent, just at the right time. And episode C would drop at Christmas itself, and E would appear well now, just after Epiphany. So here I am, technically two weeks late, but it is still Epiphany season, if you allow for such things. Epiphany itself is on January the sixth, but according to the Church of England calendar, amongst others,、uh, Epiphany season starts on January the sixth and carries on through to Candlemas on February the second. Actually, I was in Chester Cathedral, which isn't too far from me, this week, and they had、uh, a camel on the platform in front of the altar. Not a real camel; it was a Life-size model camel made of sheet metal, and behind it there were three wise men and Mary and the baby Jesus, also modelled in sheet metal. Actually,、uh, really beautiful, much better than it sounds. But it was still there. This is the point because even at the end of January, we can drag out Christmas a bit longer by saying that it's still Christmas because it's still Epiphany season. So happy Epiphany, which is fun to say at least. Go on, say it to someone else later on today. Happy Epiphany. So what is it? Well, Epiphany, the word means a revelation, and sometimes you can say you've had an Epiphany when you've had a bright idea, which is a rare thing for me. Happens once in a blue moon. The Epiphany, in this more technical sense, is the coming or appearance of Jesus. In church terms, it's been connected to two things in the life of Jesus. One is his baptism, when Jesus, as it were, appeared on the scene and started his ministry.、Uh, but more often, certainly these days, more often, it's about the wise men or the magi, as we call them sometimes, or as they more often get called, the three kings, coming to Jesus with gifts and worship. And calling Jesus King of the Jews, upsetting King Herod in the process. This festival of Epiphany is celebrated, at least in the Western world, on January the sixth. 
and in some countries it is called Three Kings Day. Now we're going to come back to the so-called Three Kings, the Magi, later in the alphabet. But if you need a reminder, the story is that the Bible tells us is that the wise men came from the east looking for a new king in Israel after they'd seen a new star in the sky. And their travels led them, first of all, to Jerusalem and then to Bethlehem, where they found Jesus in a house with his mother Mary. And after giving him their gifts, they went back home without telling Herod about the new king. But Herod went on and killed lots of children anyway. That's the Epiphany. Epiphany is actually older than Christmas. What I mean by that is that Christians celebrated Epiphany before they actually thought about celebrating the birth of Jesus. It seems like Epiphany was celebrated uh, from the second century, but the celebration of Christmas didn't start till the fourth century AD. So the fact that there's 12 days after Christmas until Epiphany certainly doesn't mean that Jesus was 12 days old when the wise men arrived and saw him. That's just how it kind of falls in our calendars. In many cultures, Epiphany, or Three Kings Day, is as big a thing as Christmas, or even bigger. Uh, In some Spanish-speaking countries, children expect presents from the Three Kings on Three Kings Day, Epiphany. In Italy, La Befana... An old lady who, according to the fable, regrets that she didn't help the kings on their journey, gives gifts to children on Three Kings Day, Epiphany. Other countries have similar tales and other Epiphany traditions to do with the wise men and other characters, some of them fables, some of them stories connected with the Bible account. In Syria and Lebanon, for instance, you can expect presents from the wise men's camels. (laughs) Some lovely stories, if you want to look into them, of what other countries might do to celebrate this time of the year. And there are church traditions associated with Epiphany as well. They say it's a good day to have your home blessed. And you might just have seen a house, in person or perhaps online, with letters chalked onto the wall or above the door of the house and those letters would be CMB and those letters CMB tell you that the house has been blessed by a priest sometimes an orthodox priest or sometimes an Anglican or a Catholic priest and the letters CMB have a double meaning it's said that they stand for the traditional names of the three kings Caspar, Melchior and Balthazar. But CMB also stands for the Latin phrase Christus Mansionem Benedicat, which translates as May Christ bless this home. It's all part of the traditions of Epiphany. E is for Epiphany, and this is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And E is for elves, and elf, and elf on a shelf. What's that all about? These days, elves and Christmas seem just to belong together. 
especially in the American Christmas and now in Britain as well. Santa has his elves who make his toys. It's part of all the stories and the films. Whenever you see Santa, you see elves. If you go to Santa's grotto, you expect there be some elves who are there to help out. I watched the film Fred Claus last week. I'd never seen it before. I've seen lots of Christmas films, but Fred Claus had eluded me until recently uh, when I decided it was time to watch another Christmas film. Fred Claus is a, a fable about Santa having a brother who has to go and help him in the North Pole. And in this film, Santa is surrounded by a massive community of elves at this great big toy-making factory. It's what we expect now. But where did that idea come from, that Santa has elf helpers? Well, when Santa was first being written about uh, in the American tradition, Santa was an elf himself. In the poem, A Visit from St Nicholas, the one that starts Twas the Night Before Christmas, written in about 1823, the writer, maybe Clement Cartmore or maybe Henry Livingston, that's the story for another day, the writer calls St Nicholas a right jolly elf as he comes down the chimney with his mini sleigh pulled by tiny reindeer. Santa in that poem is an elf. Elves are originally mythical creatures from Germanic and Norse folklore. Originally, in the, in the stories of old, they were white creatures with magical powers who could cause you illnesses. They started out as, as bad sprites. And then they became associated with little creatures who protect your home and provide help when you need it. There's something called the Nissa in Denmark, who were very similar to the Christmas elves. And other cultures believed in helpful little fairy creatures, like the brownies in Scotland and the fairies in the Isle of Man, who are still respected there. If you go by bus through the Isle of Man, you might well go over Fairy Bridge and be expected to wave to the fairies as you go over it. In a folk tale collected by the Grimm brothers, that was in 1812, little creatures help a shoemaker and his wife make shoes while they sleep at night. And in the English translation of that story, these were called elves, that story you will know as the elves and the shoemaker. And that did a lot to create our idea of elves as helpful little friends. Then comes Louisa May Alcott, you know, famous for her book Little Women, uh, which begins at Christmas, by the way. That's a Christmas story. Louisa May Alcott wrote a story before Little Women in 1855 called Christmas Elves. Except, mysteriously, the story was never published and is now not accessible. Then there was a poem in Harper's Weekly a couple of years later, about Santa Claus, revealing his real name to be St Nicholas. And this poem says, In his house, upon the top of a hill, and almost out of sight, he keeps a great many elves at work, all working with all their might, to make a million of pretty things, cakes, sugar plums and toys, to fill the stockings hung up, you know, by the little girls and boys. 
That's a poem, anonymous poem of 1857. That did a lot again to put into people's minds that elves were Santa's helpers who made the toys. And then you get a magazine cover, uh, Godey's Lady Book, which was a, a popular magazine of 1873. That's part of Elvish history because its cover picture that year at Christmas was a picture of Santa and his helpful elves. Slowly, year by year, just like traditions like Christmas trees that were developing at the same time, Santa Claus himself appeared and the elves were appearing with him. Christmas Elves. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. E is for elves, and E is for elf. The story of elves reaches its summit in the 2003 film Elf. For my money, one of the best Christmas films of all time. In Elf, we meet Buddy a human baby who is brought up by the elves at the North Pole to think he is an elf like them, even though he's three times their size. When he's told he's actually a human, he heads to New York to find his real father, who now works publishing children's books. Buddy ends up working in a department store grotto, and much slapstick comedy ensues. Later on, Buddy is called on to save the day when the real Santa crashes his sleigh in Central Park. Elf is a superb film. It's a good-natured family comedy with, with sharp writing and great physical comedy and superb acting from Will Ferrell and from Zoe Deschanel, who I really like in this. And unlike many Christmas films, it's really Christmassy. It doesn't sort of wander off from Christmas. It's really got the feel of Christmas all the way through it. Every scene, just about, reminds you of Christmas. I love it. That's the film Elf. And just before we leave E for Elf, I feel I need to mention Elf on the Shelf, which I noticed appeared in shops here in Britain last Christmas. And that's the first time that I can remember seeing it over here and actually taking it down from the shelf of a shop and having a look at it and putting Elf back on its shelf. I didn't buy one. I know it's a big thing in the States, but it's not really a big thing. It's not really a thing at all here in Britain. Maybe it will be one day. But to be frank, I really still don't understand what it's all about. So I'm going to leave that Elf firmly on its shelf. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast, and I'm Wayne, your host. And now E is for evergreens. Evergreens are plants that stay green in leaf through the winter, obviously. Which in the northern hemisphere means it's a sign of life that carries on through the Christmas season. Evergreen plants have been part of Christmas and winter celebrations since time began. There's evidence for greenery being part of celebrations before Christmas, things like Saturnalia and Callens and Yule, brightening winter with shiny leaves and bright berries. Christmas evergreens are most often holly and ivy and mistletoe, but have also included plants like box and yew and rosemary and bay, 
And all of these have, through the years, been brought inside into people's houses and shops and businesses and churches. And they are there for decoration and also as a symbol of life that goes on even in the depths of winter. Symbols that the winter won't go on forever, but spring is coming. Symbols of fertility. I suppose the ultimate indoor evergreen is the Christmas tree, which has gone from being an amusement for children, that's how the Victorians saw it, to the centrepiece of the home at Christmas. And even if these days it's very often actually plastic or metal, it's still symbolically an evergreen. And green, along with red, has become the colour of Christmas because of the vibrant colours of our evergreen plants. I'm going to have a lot more to say about uh, holly and ivy and mistletoe later in the alphabet. But for now, E is for evergreen. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. My name's Wayne, and today we're looking at all things Christmas, starting with the letter E. We're going to finish with a song story, but first, those things that nearly made it into this podcast but didn't quite get there. What E's were bubbling under? Well, E is for eggnog, which I must admit I've never tasted and I don't understand, but I hear that people in the States have it at Christmas. I don't even know what's in eggnog, other than presumably egg and maybe nog, but I don't know, tell me. E is for Egypt, where Jesus went after the wise men left. Could have included in that, didn't have time for it. E is also for El Nino, uh, which means the Christ child in Spanish, but is better known now in the English-speaking world as a weather event. That's about all the E's, really. We're finishing this E episode of the podcast now, as we do, with a song. This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. And E is for Emmanuel. Now, I've got to admit something here. I've got to admit that I looked and I looked and I looked, but there is no traditional carol and no well-known modern carol and no popular Christmas song that starts with the letter E. Hmm. Maybe you can suggest something, but I have had a good look. But not to be defeated in this alphabetical quest... There are lots of songs that use the word Emmanuel in their title. So I'm going to rattle through a few of those today. Uh, And the word Emmanuel, whether you spell it with an E or an I, is a Hebrew word which means God with us. It's a name that was given to Jesus when he was born. The Old Testament prophets in the first part of the Bible said God would send a saviour who would be God with us, Emmanuel. This was something that the Jewish people, reading their scriptures and listening to their prophets, were looking forward to. Someone would come as God among us, God with us. Then, when Joseph had a visit from an angel to say that Mary's baby was from God, that Mary had not been unfaithful to him, he was told that this newborn was to be the fulfilment of the promise and that he would be called Emmanuel, God with us. 
It becomes one of the most important titles of the Christmas baby, that Jesus is God with us, Emmanuel. And that's why the word Emmanuel pops up in lots of Christmas songs like O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, sung here by For King and Country. So let's hear some brief clips of songs called Emmanuel. There's this one by Michael W. Smith. There's this one by Hannah Kerr. And another song called Emmanuel by Hillsong Worship. And then there's a song called Emmanuel God With Us by Chris Tomlin. And another song also called Emmanuel, God With Us by Amy Grant. And one more, one I've been singing at Christmas for many years, a favourite of mine, and I'm including this even though the writer spells Emmanuel with an I. This is Emmanuel, O Emmanuel by Graham Kendrick. So our E is for Emmanuel, which means God with us, which is what Christmas is all about. 
This is the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. I'm your host Wayne and that's just about it for this episode of things to do with Christmas beginning with the letter E. All the music that I've played in this podcast is either in the public domain or played for review purposes. Please subscribe to the Christmas Alphabet Podcast. Click that subscribe button on your player, your phone, however you're listening to this, which means that you'll never miss an episode, that you'll get episodes coming into your phone every time they're released, which is every two weeks. And please, pretty please, tell your friends about it, share it on social media, talk about it whenever you get the opportunity. Get all your Christmas crazy friends to subscribe to Christmas Alphabet and look out for other Christmas podcasts on the Christmas Podcast Network. Loads of great Christmas podcasts coming to you throughout the year. So Christmas can be with you every single day of the year. You can follow us on the social media at Christmas Alphabet Podcast on Facebook, at Christmas Alpha on Twitter, or Christmas Alphabet on Instagram. If you're following us, please let me know. Let me know what you think of this episode, any ideas you've got for future episodes. If you get in touch, I'll give you a mention on the podcast. Uh, you can also go to our website, christmasalphabet.com, to listen to previous episodes online there and send me a note by email. That's wayne at christmasalphabet.com. And I'll be back in two weeks with F for food and Father Christmas and frankincense and... A Christmas song beginning with F. Can you guess what that one will be? Please subscribe. Please spread the word. Thank you. And may the joy of Christmas be with you all year round. <laughs>